Renegade Talk Radio. We start today's show with the first address of King George III, one day after his mother, at the age of 96, Queen Elizabeth II, has passed. This is your host, Laura Marie, and we will also be covering the Hispanic community and how they are turning to the Republican Party. Talk on the street is the Democrats are sounding off the alarm. And we'll also be touching a few other topics. But first, we'll take a listen to the heartfelt address by King Charles III to the UK and to the world. My beloved mother was an inspiration, an example to me and to all my family. And we owe her the most heartfelt debt any family could owe to their mother for her love, affection, guidance, understanding, and example. Queen Elizabeth was a life well lived, a promise with destiny kept, and she is mourned most deeply in her passing. That promise of lifelong service I renew to you all today. Alongside the personal grief that all my family are feeling, we also share with so many of you in the United Kingdom, in all the countries where the Queen was head of state, in the Commonwealth and across the world, a deep sense of gratitude for the more than 70 years in which my mother as Queen served the people of so many nations. In 1947, on her 21st birthday, she pledged in a broadcast from Cape Town to the Commonwealth to devote her life, whether it be short or long, to the service of her peoples. That was more than a promise. It was a profound personal commitment which defined her whole life. She made sacrifices for duty. Her dedication and devotion as sovereign never wavered through times of change and progress, through times of joy and celebration, and through times of sadness and loss. In her life of service, we saw that abiding love of tradition together with that fearless embrace of progress, which makes us great as nations. The affection, admiration, and respect she inspired became the hallmark of her reign. And as every member of my family can testify, she combined these qualities with warmth, humor, and an unerring ability always to see the best in people. I pay tribute to my mother's memory and I honor her life of service. I know that her death brings great sadness to so many of you and I share that sense of loss beyond measure with you all. When the Queen came to the throne, Britain and the world were still coping with the privations and aftermath of the Second World War and still living by the conventions of earlier times. In the course 
of the last 70 years, we have seen our society become one of many cultures and many faiths. The institutions of the state have changed in turn. But through all changes and challenges, our nation and the wider family of realms of whose talents, traditions, and achievements I am so inexpressibly proud have prospered and flourished. Our values have remained and must remain constant. The role and the duties of monarchy also remain, as does the sovereign's particular relationship and responsibility towards the Church of England, the church in which my own faith is so deeply rooted. In that faith and the values it inspires, I have been brought up to cherish a sense of duty to others and to hold in the greatest respect the precious traditions, freedoms and responsibilities of our unique history and our system of parliamentary government. As the Queen herself did with such unswerving devotion, I too now solemnly pledge myself throughout the remaining time God grants me to uphold the constitutional principles at the heart of our nation. And wherever you may live in the United Kingdom or in the realms and territories across the world, and whatever may be your background or beliefs, I shall endeavor to serve you with loyalty, respect, and love, as I have throughout my life. My life will, of course, change as I take up my new responsibilities. It will no longer be possible for me to give so much of my time and energies to the charities and issues for which I care so deeply. But I know this important work will go on in the trusted hands of others. This is also a time of change for my family. I count on the loving help of my darling wife, Camilla. In recognition of her own loyal public service since our marriage 17 years ago, she becomes my queen consort. I know she will bring to the demands of her new role the steadfast devotion to duty on which I have come to rely so much. As my heir, William now assumes the Scottish titles which have meant so much to me. He succeeds me as Duke of Cornwall and takes on the responsibilities for the Duchy of Cornwall, which I have undertaken for more than five decades. Today, I am proud to create him Prince of Wales, to Wissog Cymru, the country whose title I've been so greatly privileged to bear during so much of my life and duty. With Catherine beside him, our new Prince and Princess of Wales will, I know, continue to inspire and lead our national conversations, helping to bring the marginal to the center ground where vital help can be given. 
I want also to express my love for Harry and Meghan as they continue to build their lives overseas. In a little over a week's time, we will come together as a nation, as a commonwealth, and indeed a global community to lay my beloved mother to rest. In our sorrow, let us remember and draw strength from the light of her example. On behalf of all my family, I can only offer the most sincere and heartfelt thanks for your condolences and support. They mean more to me than I can ever possibly express. And to my darling Mama, as you begin your last great journey to join my dear late Papa, I want simply to say this. Thank you. Thank you for your love and devotion to our family and to the family of nations you have served so diligently all these years. May flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. And there it is, the first address to the nation and to the world, King Charles III expressing his deep sense of gratitude for the love around the world for his mother and her 70 years of service. In my opinion, I believe we have seen a different side of King Charles, the more humble, loving side that most of us haven't seen. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Hispanic votes and why they are jumping to the Republican Party and the alarm that the Democrats are sending off. We're also going to be covering Dr. Fauci and the White House press secretary and the legal troubles they both are facing. And we're going to also talk about the Las Vegas murder of a journalist. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of Pillow. Here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Welcome back. Joe Biden was in Ohio today touting a legislative win ahead of the midterm election and Intel's $20 billion investment for a new semiconductor plant. And believe it or not, there was no bashing of the ultra mega or semi fascist talk in a state Trump won in 2016 and 2020. As of today, the new Joe Biden had nothing but kind words for the outgoing Republican rhino, Rod Portman. I want to thank Rod Portman for being a gentleman and decent man that he is and for showing that Democrats and Republicans can work together to get big things done for our country. Congressman Tim Ryan, who skipped Biden's last trip to Ohio, 
He was present there today and now claiming to be running as an independent. And when asked why he was running as an independent, this is what he said. Really, just that, you know, independent-minded. I think we're raised here in Ohio to think for ourselves. You dodged a question on whether the president should run in 24. Well, I think generally, you know, a new generation of leadership is needed. He said from the very beginning he was going to be a bridge to the next generation of leaders. Ryan's opponent, President Trump-backed J.D. Vance. He knows, like you and I do, that Ryan is in a pickle. And this is what he had to say about it. He has to pretend that he doesn't support Joe Biden 100% of the time. But he also can't alienate the far left because he needs them to fund his TV commercials. He votes with him every single vote. And so now he's saying uh, that he, that he, on the day that he's appearing with, with Joe Biden, he's saying that he thinks that somebody else needs to run for president. And Vance, on the other hand, is welcoming President Trump, even with him facing his legal battles. Very often what happens is the media spins a tale about the president that ends up being totally false. And that's my, my guess about what's going to happen here. Ohioans, you guys are so lucky to have J.D. Vance. He's going to be great for the state. And for the country, he's smart, dedicated, loyal, hardworking. And most of all, he's not a wish-washy candidate like Tim Ryan or a rhino like Portman. He will fight for we the people. I'm excited to have J.D. Vance part of our Congress. And moving on to our next topic, the Supreme Court. Whatever happened to the leaker? There are some out there who have been pushing and pushing and asking who is the leaker and where the investigation stands. Apparently last night, Justice Gorsuch actually responded after months of, I can't answer that question. And this is what he said. And I quote, the chief justice appointed an internal committee to oversee the investigation. That committee has been busy and we're looking forward to their report. I hope soon. We all know this administration wants to make the Supreme Court of the United States look horrible, untrustworthy, so they can add four more justices. You know it, and I know it. I mean, nothing Joe Biden says can change the truth. This administration has destroyed every single thing they have touched, and this will be just another one. And then Vice President Kamala Harris, in her first interview in a very long time, where she unbelievably denounces the Supreme Court as an activist body telling NBC News that they took away the constitutional right to an abortion. I think this is an activist court. We had an established right for almost half a century, and this court took that constitutional right away. And we are suffering as a nation because of it. She added her concerns over the integrity of the Supreme Court. <laughs> the majority of the justices made clear that abortion is not a constitutional right. We all know it should have never passed in the first place back in 1973. We've talked about this before. The purpose is to use Planned Parenthood as money laundering as they claim to be nonprofit, so our dollars, yours and mine, fund Planned Parenthood. And each election, they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars donating to the Democrat Party, right under our noses. And why should federal government be paying for abortion? It should be up to each individual state. That's the Constitution. Talk on the street, 
In blue states, since decision by the Supreme Court, states like California have been going after clinics and small doctor practices. For about two months now, the federal government has cut off small clinics and doctor offices from having topical for small surgical procedures. You have to go to a hospital now. <laughs> this is the big crisis that Kamala Harris is talking about. The lies and the corruption, an attempt of fear right out of her mouth. <laughs> None of us are surprised. So the town of Jackson, Mississippi is experiencing issues with their water. They have begged Joe Biden to come down and help them to see firsthand what is going on. But like Joe Biden typically does, after his short little speech today in Ohio, he went straight to Delaware until Monday. <laughs> he needed some time off for another vacation. While residents in Jackson, Mississippi are still turning on to opaque brown, dark, dangerous water from their faucets. The press secretary has been defending Joe Biden's approach so far, saying they have already dispatched the heads of FEMA and the EPA to Jackson, Mississippi. And they claim that Joe Biden has phoned the Democrat mayor of Jackson. And the book reading Corinne Jean-Pierre said, and I quote, a call to Mississippi's governor, Tate Reeves, is not necessary. He is a Republican. <laughs> you just can't make this stuff up. While you have the mainstream media, of course, blaming the Republican governor for the water problem. <laughs> so typical. And where's the outrage? Instead of total pushback, there are a lot of questions. The answer still remains the same. Joe Biden officials are taking care of it. Let's not forget, Joe Biden was vice president when Flint, Michigan, had a similar water crisis. There was an enormous federal response and national attention. It doesn't appear that Mississippi is getting the same response. Just imagine if Joe Biden didn't go on vacation so much, something might get done for those poor people having to deal with such a crisis. And talk on the street is a judge has ordered Dr. Fauci and the White House press secretary to turn over their emails. And they had so many days to do so regarding any correspondence or any communication with social media, big tech. During a White House briefing, Jean-Pierre was asked about it. And this was her response. I can't comment on any specifically ongoing uh, litigation. I refer you, we refer you to Department of Justice just as a general matter on this. In our battle against COVID-19, it has been critical for the American people to have access to factual, accurate, science-based informa in, information and ensuring that any media platforms have access to latest information. <laughs> she, she read that from a binder. That was planned. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre skirting questions about her email correspondent with big tech companies. Remember, the judge ordered both her and White House Chief Medical Advisor, Dr. Fauci, to turn over their correspondence, their conversations about alleged COVID and election misinformation. The order comes as part of an ongoing lawsuit claiming that the White House was looking to censor certain information. Critics claim 
state censorship is at work here. And here is Senator Rand Paul. I think that all of America should be appalled that America's doctor, the leading expert on COVID and public health, doesn't want to divulge information, doesn't want to divulge his communications with big tech. This is a guy that his modus operandi is to cover up and try to not allow any sunshine on any of his activities. And then we have a short clip from Republican Senator Ron Johnson from the state of Wisconsin. And he's a member of the Foreign Relations and Homeland Security Committees. When he was asked about the White House press secretary and how she read from a binder her response <laughs> to her emails requested by the judge. Extraordinary that this administration is so opaque. Uh, let's face it, the Biden administration, uh, their federal health agencies have not been honest. They've not been transparent. Uh, they are uh, certainly engaged in quashing free speech as opposed to protecting it. And that really ought to be the job of the United States president. Uh, they're, they're always concerned about misinformation. They have probably spread more, spread more misinformation about COVID than anyone else. Uh, for example, President Biden uh, in July of 2016 said, it's the pandemic of the unvaxxed. If you get vaccinated, you won't get infected. You won't transmit. You won't be hospitalized. You won't die. I knew at that time that it was a lie, and it's been proven to be a lie now, but he spread it, and of course the media never calls him on it. So I'm glad this judge is forcing transparency. The American people deserve the truth on COVID. What's so unbelievable is the hypocrisy of this administration. Remember the disinformation board they were starting to create? And they couldn't get anybody who <laughs> didn't spread disinformation. And after all of that, in my opinion, this is pretty close to manipulation. They should have been transparent with the people of America and the world over the pandemic. It feels criminal, doesn't it? Or close enough. And here's Senator Ron Johnson. Well, certainly unconstitutional. Of course, you have the Trusted News Network, and that's all part of the work of the COVID cartel, the Biden administration, the federal health agencies, Big Pharma, the mainstream media, the big tech social media giants. I mean, these are the people that uh, suppressed and uh, sabotaged early treatment. I, I believe that probably cost hundreds of thousands of Americans uh, their lives because we didn't robustly explore early treatment. They've been spreading this information, uh, but they can't afford to be proven wrong at this point in time, but the problem uh, is, is they have the power to make it very difficult to prove them wrong. Again, I, I applaud this judge's ruling. Maybe this will bring a little more transparency into the process here, uh, shine the sunlight uh, of, of day on, on what the government has been doing, how, how it's been uh, trampling on our rights. And while this administration is signing off the alarms, why the Hispanic communities are flipping to Republican blaming it on misinformation. John Thum had a response to it. This election's got to be about the Biden agenda. It's got to be about holding them accountable. It's got to be about putting a check and balance on this radical, extreme, uh, left-wing administration that we have right now. We all know, no matter how hard the Democrats try and hide the 40-year high of inflation from the Hispanic community, isn't going to work. They're being very affected like the rest of us Americans, by the high gas prices, food costs, increasing crime, utility bills on the rise, and the border crisis. So what does the Hispanic Americans do? They're jumping ship to the Republican Party. So much so the DNC is sounding off the alarm. 
I guess they underestimated the Hispanic American community. Thank you, God. They are waking up. And finally, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, not surprised, are all avoiding mentioning the suspect in the journalist's murder in Las Vegas is a Democrat. <laughs> Robert Tellis, a Democrat, lost his reelection in Las Vegas because of a journalist who was critical of his actions and cost Tellis his seat and his marriage, therefore murdered him over the weekend, stabbed him for doing his job and revealing the corruption by Tellis. It's being reported that Jeff German, who was fatally stabbed in front of his home on Saturday, German's reporting had exposed scandals that plagued Tellis, including a hostile work environment, an extramarital affair with a staffer, which was followed by his re-election defeat during a Democratic primary held in June. The Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department said they found Tellis DNA at the scene of the crime and his car matched the description of a vehicle seen on surveillance footage taken near German's home. While the liberal networks covered Gorman's horrific murder, they strangely omitted to tell the viewers that Tellis is a Democrat during Wednesday's and Thursday's coverage. ABC's Good Morning America introduced Tellis as a local politician and later described him as a Las Vegas County official. (laughs) Tellis is an elected official who lost a primary earlier this year. ABC News correspondent Alex Presha told viewers on Thursday, bizarrely leaving out which primary Tellis competed in. Well, I hope you guys have a great evening. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can always reach me at my website, www.talkonthestreet.net. God bless you. God bless America. Stay strong. Have faith. You're listening to Talk on the Street with Laura Marie.